the trial of Alex Jones comes to a shocking and bizarre ending. Is El Salvador currently building a supervillain's headquarters? And then we travel to Wayland, Massachusetts to meet a man who watched a plane turn into a demon today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too, guys. We have so much to cover this episode. We got to get started right away. First off, coming in from yesterday's episode, because he didn't get to fly the Carpenter Copter, you're back. I'm still probably going to mispronounce your name. It's Luis. Everyone give a round of applause for Luis Lopez coming back into Dead Rabbit Command. Luis, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. And a quick reminder, this Thanksgiving, November 25th, at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Dead Rabbit Radio YouTube channel, there will be a live Thanksgiving Dead Rabbit Radio special. So come join us on the YouTube channel at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're going to talk. We're going to play games, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll play uh, I Spy. I don't know. I don't know what really you can do, but we'll talk. And you can ask me questions, and we'll probably uh, answer them. Right? That's usually what we do. And here's a new thing I got going. While Luis is firing up that Jason Jalopy to take us out, he, he doesn't get to hear this part. You've already been in too many episodes. Guys, have you ever wanted to be on an episode of Dead Rabbit Radio? Well, now you can. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm bringing back the Dead Rabbit Radio bonus episodes, because I know a lot of you guys have been wanting those. We're bringing those back. The next time I go on break, we're going to have at least five bonus episodes, maybe a whole... 10 bonus episodes, but I'm going to bring them back. And if you've ever wanted to be on an episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, now is your chance. What I need, a long time ago, did an episode called Earth First. And there's a little audio drama at the beginning of that where I'm delivering a speech to all of my followers. And we're talking about attacking Mars. And when I say all of my followers, it was me yelling out Earth First in my apartment, walking around and getting all these different angles to make it sound like a room full of people. But guys, now I want you to be that room full of people. When I make a bonus episode of that one, we are going to remaster it. So what I want you to do, you have until January 1st to turn this in. January 1st at midnight, otherwise I become a pumpkin. You don't turn it in. I need you to record yourself chanting, Earth first, Earth first. Earth. And I want to have all your voices. I want to have this soundscape of all you guys also chanting this along. So, hey guys, I'm not too worried about mic quality. So if you're doing it on your phone, it's all going to be mixed in. I just want this chorus of the fluffle. Earth first, Earth first. And I need you to email me that. If you're going to do it, the best way is through email so I can keep it all sorted. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com. Send me the clip of you chanting Earth first. I'll put the episode in the show notes so you can listen to it to get psyched up. You got until January 1st to send it over. Let That will be awesome. And then when I release that bonus episode, we'll have that remastered intro. So, I, dude, I would love it if you guys did this. And if you guys want to be on Dead Rabbit Radio, it, there's no, you don't have to pay me any money. You don't have to join the Patreon. There's nothing special. I, I, I will need you to agree that I'm allowed to use your voice. So when you send it to me, if you send something over saying, I allow my voice to be used on the podcast in perpetuity through the rest of the universe, and if you don't, then I'll ask, I'll send you an email. That's the only thing I'll need from you. 
So, you know, 10 years from now, I don't get sued by a thousand people. But if you want to be on an episode of Dead Rubber Radio and you're not planning on suing me, send me your voice. Dude, wouldn't that be cool to really have that soundscape? Because, yeah, that, that would be awesome. And I'll keep reminding you guys once a week until January 1st. Let's get that done, dude. That would be dope. Now, Luis got the carpenter. He's like, what were you guys talking about? Everyone's like, yay, we get to be on an episode of Dead Rap Radio. Luis is like, what? What did I miss? Ah, nothing. Did you get the car working? Awesome. Let's go ahead and hop in the Jason Jalopy. Luis, we are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are driving all the way out to Connecticut. It's a nice leisurely drive across the nation. We're headed out to Connecticut because this is big news for... The conspiracy theory community, Alex Jones just lost his Sandy Hook case. Or did he? It's really, really interesting. I think it's interesting for conspiracy theorists. I think it's interesting legal precedent. Um, yeah, yeah. So what happened was, see, he, th- this is it in a nutshell. This is it in a nutshell where YouTube doesn't yank my channel. This is as, this is as safe as I can navigate these waters. Sandy Hook was the awful school shooting done by that idiot, Adam Lanza. He walked into elementary school, shot a bunch of kids. And there's a conspiracy theory that it never happened. It's such an, That's such a bizarre conspiracy theory. I understand stuff like 9-11 was an inside job. 9-11 was, 9/11 was not done by Al-Qaeda, but by the government or these other groups like Mossad or whatever. But some people, there is a small group of people who say 9-11 never happened, that the Twin Towers never existed in the first place. It's rare, but I've seen that conspiracy theory online. The Sandy Hook never happened conspiracy theory actually got really popular, right? It was all fake, that the school was made up of fake children. It was like, a because New, Newton, what is it, in Newtown, Connecticut is where it was at, that the school itself was like a CIA uh, mirage, basically, if you're really thirsty, you wanted some cafeteria food, and you're walking through Newtown, Connecticut, it would magically appear. They said, like, all the all the teachers there were CIA agents, the students never existed. It was that. It was very, very interesting choice to take for your conspiracy theories. And when you study conspiracy theories, you're constantly seeing these things vie for power. And that was the one that became the most popular. Not... That it was an inside job, not that it was a what's the a term, false flag, right? It was that it didn't happen in the first place, and people started showing up at uh, relatives' houses, survivors' houses, and questioning them about the kids and all that stuff. You don't, your kids aren't real. Your kids aren't real. And so Alex Jones went with that one, and he got sued for it. He got sued by the families of the victims of Newtown of the shooting. He got sued. And he got sued in Texas, and he got sued in Connecticut. They were alleging that he was profiting off a lie, and he was encouraging people to harass them. It was like this class action suit. That he knew it wasn't real, so you can't take the... If you report something that's false, but you believe it's real, you were tricked. I I don't think there's a court precedent for being a dummy. But they believe he knew it. he knew it was fake, and he was still profiting off of it. And it's interesting because Alex Jones said, listen, I did at first report on it, and I was just doing my due diligence. I report on stuff lunatics say all the time. 
But I did realize that it wasn't fake and I actually apologized for spreading those rumors and stuff like that. So let bygones be bygones. And this is where this case, I keep saying it ended November 15th. It never went to trial. The judge found without a jury trial, without a judge trial, Alex Jones was found guilty. And this is what makes it super weird. Because I do not agree with Alex Jones's even if it was a, pr a previous one that it never happened. I don't believe that it never happened. Something happened. But what Alex Jones... And I had said this before. I've said this so many times on this podcast, and I said it specifically about Alex Jones and just conspiracy theorists, content creators in general, because this almost happened to this show. When I was first starting the show off, we were maybe 50, 60, 100 episodes in, whatever it was. I did an episode about Kevin Spacey's creepy Christmas greeting, and it was one of my most downloaded episodes at the time. It was huge. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. If I was an idiot and I didn't know what type of brand I wanted to project with this podcast, I would chase that. My next episode would have been more about Kevin Spacey and the Illuminati elite, and then maybe a couple episodes about people pooping, meth addicts, whatever I talk about normally, and then i do another one like that, and then eventually the podcast would just become me seriously believing all of this stuff that I usually just kind of poo-poo, no pun intended. And I've noticed that, like, when I did the episode of the Adrenochrome Witch, written by P. Diddy Combs, it was a great episode, he didn't actually write the book. Huge, huge spike in hits. Whenever I talk about Adrenochrome, huge spike in hits. But I don't want to talk about Adrenochrome all the time. I don't want to talk about Pizzagate stuff all the time. I find it pretty boring, actually, to just be repeating the same story over and over again, the variations. So I just, in the next episode, I talked about the Wisconsin Death Cave or just something else that I found really fascinating. But I knew that that is not the norm because I've seen some of my favorite podcasters do an episode. I see this with YouTubers that I enjoy too. They do an episode and it's you, it spikes in the algorithm. You can actually see how many views it's getting. And then they start doing just that content. And then I just unsubscribe because that's not what I was there for. But they're getting a bunch of whole new listeners, but all they're doing is the same thing over and over again. And, and I've mentioned that before, and I said specifically, I go, I can tell you what happened with Alex Jones. He started saying that nonsense, and it spiked because it was this popular conspiracy theory no one else was really talking about. And then he kept doubling down and getting more and more listeners. And I predicted that. And that's why he lost the lawsuit. What happened was the plaintiff in the case, the families of the victims, they said, we want to see your algorithm. We want to see behind the scenes of how much money you were making before the conspiracy theory. This is part of our discovery. And then we want to see how much money you were making and how many hits you were getting when on the episodes you talked about Sandy Hook being fake. That's what we want to see. Give us those books. And for two, he was ordered to return over this information. And apparently this is on the plaintiff's side for two years he was dragging his feet. He was not releasing that information. And the judge, finally, she goes, you know what? No, it's been two years. We can't even move ahead with this trial. You're obstructing this. You lose by default. There will be no trial to tell whether or not you're guilty of doing, of spreading misinformation and having these families harassed. That part's done, Alex. Now we're going straight to damages. And apparently they did the same thing in the Texas courthouse. So now he's already been, he's already lost a lawsuit. And now it's a matter of how much he's going to have to pay these families. And I knew it. I, I've been, I was saying that before. I go, Alex Jones, he got caught up in those trends. And I knew it. I knew Alex Jones got, and, and they knew it too. 
and they wanted to see those numbers, but he never turned it over. Now, in Alex Jones' defense, I did go and watch his rebuttal video, and he said, fake news, this is the media trying to smear me, the only reason I'm getting sued is because I helped Trump beat Hillary Clinton and her machine came after me, and that's why I'm getting sued in the first place. He goes on to state that this is an attack on the judicial system. I didn't even get a trial. And to answer the allegations about what the plaintiffs are saying, he goes, I turned over everything is what I did. I didn't give them the specific like time period they were asking for. I just turned over all my books, all my Excel spreadsheets, and that wasn't good enough for him. I, who knows? Right. I'm not there. I'm not Alex Jones or the plaintiff's families, but apparently whatever it was, it wasn't good enough for the judge to allow it. Now, Alex Jones has racked up quite the enemy list. I agree with him on that. And did was there some political pressure to get these charges started in the first place? Maybe. Right? Maybe. But at the same time, he was saying something that he says he believed for a short time and then stopped believing and then just stopped bringing it up. But I don't, I actually think he never believed in it. I think he ran with it. He said it the first time because he thought it was popular and it took off. I don't think he ever sincerely thought that it was all fake. But now he's going to end up owing a ton of money. He then compares this, him losing this lawsuit to the Roe baby still being alive. And I go, what? I didn't, what? And I looked that up, and that took me down a totally different rabbit hole. Apparently, you know, the Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court abortion battle? Roe had the baby. I didn't know that. Apparently, I, it's not a deep secret. I guess when the trial was going on, the ju the judges and their lawyers were like, this is going to take longer than you're pregnant. Like, that's just what you're going to have this baby. And so she had the baby, and it was given up for adoption, and she's, like, still alive. She's, like, a 67-year-old woman now. And I was like, that's a cool, like, piece of American history. But <laughs> you're not the Roe baby, bro. You're not the Roe baby. The Roe baby is is just, it's a bizarre fact. You were saying that the shooting never existed, and I don't believe you thought it was true. You were chasing links. This is what I think. And they caught you. And that, I do believe 100% Alex Jones would still be around and he would still be the powerhouse he was had he not pursued. I 100% believe that. Hillary Clinton, they hated him. They've hated Alex Jones for a long time and they were never able to shut him down. It wasn't until he gave him enough ammo to do it that they took him out. Because he'd been saying a bunch of stuff for years from 2001. He was under the skin of Bush. He was under the skin of Obama, and they couldn't stop him. But and that, uh, as a conspiracy theory content creator myself, that there are difficult waters to navigate. I put out episodes, and I thought, well, this is the last episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Either someone's going to physically come after me, or YouTube's going to shut me down, or Spotify's going to shut me down, and stuff like that. But so there is always that peril. But I really think that he that was a bridge too far. So Alex. Um, you're probably going to have to pay a bunch of money to these families. So I think the moral of the story is don't chase the clicks. I mean, the problem that, that moral might not apply to you or 99% of humanity, but don't chase the clicks. You have an idea of what content you want to put out, and you keep putting that content out, and it'll have an audience or it won't have an audience. Eventually, you're going to start running out of that stuff. Eventually, you're just going to start repeating yourself, and then you're going to be looking for things that may not be true, but you know that your audience will enjoy it.
So you, you start doing that stuff. And then eventually you become real raw news or InfoWars. Right. So that's that's the moral of that story, Alex. You chase the clicks. And it's just not... It sucks because I think he really does have a passion for conspiracy theory content. I think old Alex Jones was a pretty decent dude back in the day. But then I think the show just got so successful that it became a parody of itself. If you listen to old Alex Jones stuff, it's... It's the weirdo on the street corner, like, blaring out the truth of with the megaphone, like he was always pictured. And then it just became super corporate, and it became all about the, the dollar. Like, what stories are going to generate the most hits? Let's cover those. And one of those stories got the channels taken down. I mean, he's gone, right, from YouTube. You have to find him. So, yeah, it's, it is a cautionary tale for conspiracy theory content creators. But, again, don't chase the clicks. That went on a little bit longer than I expected, but we still got a lot of stuff to cover. So, Luis, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the, just in case we don't get to the third story, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind this courthouse in Connecticut. We are We are headed all the way out. To El Salvador. El Salvador. The land of beauty. The land of hopes and dreams. Lush jungles. Water. Water, right? I'm sure there's rivers. Maybe a lake in the country of El Salvador. And, but all that stuff, just go away, nature. Get out of our way. We're chopping it down. We're driving big bulldozers like we're bad guys in Fern Gully because we're here to build a paradise. What, you call, You thought all this nature was paradise? Boo! And we got on our hard hats. And we eat, eat, eat. Tractors are backing up and like girders are flying through the air. It's not a super safe workplace, don't tell OSHA. We're like balancing on the beams. Wee! As it's spinning around. The real reason why here, we're not here to become a bunch of acrobats. The real reason why here is President Nayib Bukli. Nayib Bukli, President of El Salvador, is celebrating Bitcoin Week. So everyone's like, woohoo! Everyone's like cheering. He's walking on stage with a little microphone. He's like, hey, Bitcoins are awesome, right? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And he's really hyping up the Bitcoin because he's come up with a plan. And it's pretty ingenious, actually. They are going to turn Bitcoin into a legal tender within the country of El Salvador. And he has this vision of the future. He wants El Salvador to become on par with Singapore. So it's going to be like just this international destination of these movers and these shakers. And they'll be like bad guys with like patches on their eyes. And like every third person will be an undercover CIA agent, karate chopping dudes in the neck. He wants to, he doesn't want to turn it into a James Bond movie, but he wants to turn it into an international place of travel. And he wants to attract Bitcoin. He's going to make it so you can go anywhere in the country and buy stuff with Bitcoin. If you sign up with a national wallet in El Salvador, if you're a citizen there, you can get $30 in Bitcoin just deposited right away. And if you are not a citizen of El Salvador, if you invest three Bitcoins into El Salvador's economy, you will get citizenship. And I think right now that's like three Bitcoins right now is like 80000 Something like that, $60,000. So that's not bad, right? If I had $60,000, I'd become a citizen of El Salvador. That'd be dope, dude. Like, people would ask me where I was from. I'd be like, El Salvador. 
know what else you would do with being a citizen of El Salvador if you weren't living there. I could go visit, right? And so he's pushing this. He's pushing this plan. So they're really celebrating the Bitcoin. And he wants to get a billion dollar bond. He's trying to get these investors to buy a billion dollar El Salvadoran bond backed by the U.S. dollar. But he's going to take this money because that's their other legal currency. He's going to take this money. He's going to take 500 million of this 1 billion and buy 500 million dollars worth of Bitcoin and sit on it. Because the idea is we're going to buy a bunch of Bitcoin and it's going to make the Bitcoin more valuable because you won't be able to get it easy. We're going to buy it. We're going to not use it at all for five years. We're just going to lock up this huge amount of Bitcoin, so people who want Bitcoin will now have to buy Bitcoin or mine more Bitcoin, and it will cause the price to go up. The other five hundred million dollars—I don't know—I don't know if that plan would work. I know there's a lot of very smart financial people who listen to this podcast, so you can tell me whether or not that plan works, and you can also go Earth first and send me in that audio clip. But the other five hundred million dollars is going to build what can only be described as Dr. Evil's headquarters. He wants to build Bitcoin City. It is called, (laughs) this city will be called Bitcoin City. It's going to be at the Gulf of Fonesca. So that's where we're standing at right now. And he envisions this massive metropolis rising up out of this coastline. Residential commercial buildings, a true glimmering, sparkling, state-of-the-art metropolis in El Salvador. It's going to have its own airport. It's going to have mass transit. Everything you could want in a city. This city, though, is basically built to be a joke from the Venture Brothers. It's going to be in the... Tell me which one's more supervillainy. Tell me which one of these ideas makes it more seem like a supervillain thing. First thing, this is this is true. The city is going to be built in a shape of a giant circle. And the city planners are going to lay it out. So the center of the city is going to be the Bitcoin logo. So he's making a city in the shape of a Bitcoin. And it looks like a Bitcoin. So as you're flying a plane overhead, landing into their airport... It'll be like you're seeing a giant Bitcoin there. That's what Co- that's something Cobra Commander would do, right? I'm going to turn this island into a Cobra logo. There's no reason, no tactical reason for it. It's just something I want to do. They're going to have the city. I don't know of any other city. I don't know of any other city that's been based on an image like that. And then, that's, that's kind of super villainy. But then also, Bitcoin City is going to be built near a volcano. Right? Right? It's built near a volcano and they're going to build a giant geothermal energy plant so they can mine bitcoins super efficiently. So the entire city's per it'll it, it's here's the thing. I love this story. And as the number one science podcast of El Salvador, I lend my scientific credibility to this project. This is what we... This is something straight out of a science fiction novel. A city built like a coin, based on that coin. Its local economy will be mining that coin. Get out of here, coal. Gold, go back into the depths of the earth. We're mining Bitcoin now. 
And that's fascinating. Like, it's possible that this city becomes like an Olympic village. Like, it's built and it's kind of cool. And then five years later, it's completely overrun by rats and disease. Or it could be the first city. Like, we had gold mine towns open up all over western United States. Well, those are also now ghost towns that are overran by rats and disease. But they took longer. Took longer. What if this becomes the blueprint? Not the stupid city looking like the Bitcoin. Not that part. But what if you do start to see cities start to move towards big points of geothermal activity? So they can mine it. Because Bitcoin takes a lot of energy to mine if you're doing a ton of it. So industrial Bitcoin mining. Like, I know they have those warehouses full of servers in Russia and stuff like that. But they don't have a volcano. Fascinating. We may see cities start to pop up all over the world near these vents. Yellowstone just, they're like, get, get out of here. Get out of here, tourists. And they're just bringing in all these giant pieces of equipment. You're like, if you do really bad, you have to work at Old Faithful. You're like, ah, oh, I can't get any work done. I can only work every 44 minutes or however long that thing takes to go off. The point is, is like, this could be a brand new economy. And I, as the number one science podcast in El Salvador... Dead Rabbit Radio and Jason Carpenter fully supports this effort by President Nayib Bukli. So that's dope. And it's a vision of the future. And I wish him the best. And maybe someday I will be drinking a Chabernet in the center of Bitcoin City with President Nayib Bukli. He's like, dude, at least pronounce my name right, man. If you're going to give me a bunch of props for this plan, the least you could have done is looked up how to pronounce my name. And I go... Dude, it's the thought that counts. It is the th and I, as the number one science podcast in El Salvador, what I say goes. And then my cards take him away, and he's like, "No, no." And then I sit, I sit in a throne made out of bitcoins. So I'm just kind of hovering in midair, and I'm take over the volcano. So yeah, that would be awesome. My plans of world domination start in El Salvador. Great, great story. Wish you guys the best of luck. And now that we're in the Carpenter Copter, we're going to have time for this last story, I think. So, Luis, let's go ahead and leave behind my new volcano fortress in the Gulf of... I can't even pronounce that place, right? In the Gulf of uh, Fonseca. We are leaving behind my new proxy headquarters. We are headed all the way out to Wayland, Massachusetts. <laughs> I found this story online the other day. I talk a lot about organized insanity. When someone is making claims that you don't agree with them, but at least they can, can put them forward in a way that kind of makes sense. There's a narrative thrust to it. We I use that term a lot with Max Kramer. He's the homeless man who wants to steal your skin and attack your children. I'll put that episode in the show notes. And although you don't agree with his ultimate goal, you understand why he thinks that's okay. And that's someone who's or has organized insanity. You don't agree with it, but it makes sense. This is an interesting... This fellow that I came across the other day online is kind of... Has a foot in both worlds. But I would put this more into an unorganized insanity. Let's go ahead and take a look at this. This is submitted by someone... I'm assuming this is their real name, uh, but it's also their username. Benjamin Walker, 22 is his name. Online, and this story comes from Wayland, Massachusetts. So Benjamin says him and his buddies Brian and Antonio were laying out on the ground, laying out on the grassy park next to the Wayland Library in Wayland, Massachusetts. And he says, We're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, I quote, smelled a smell that wasn't a cigarette. 
And that's really your first indication. I mean, I, I, there's there's literally a billion smells. I would argue there's countless smells that aren't a cigarette. Dying stars, rotting intestines, ripe cherries. I mean, that's just three, right? The list goes on and on. He smells a smell that's not a cigarette. And then he looks up in the sky and he sees a big black jet plane flying overhead. Now, it's close enough to the ground that he sees on the side of it, it says Meta. And the Facebook logo is emblazoned next to the word Meta. So this is Facebook's big black jet, apparently. All of a sudden, as this plane is flying overhead and he's sitting there with his buddies, a beam of light shoots out of the plane and scorches the grass near them. The plane then smashes into the library, quote, 9-11 style. <laughs> Normally, you can just say the plane crashed into the building. But the fact that he calls it 9-11 style is very, very important. If you're trying to tell a story to someone, you're like, oh, it was awful. I saw a plane crash into a building. You might say, like 9-11, but I don't think you would be liking the rendition in the style of 9-11. It's like a karaoke bar of catastrophes. But it doesn't blow up. The plane doesn't blow up. The library doesn't blow up. Instead, the plane immediately burst into a blue oozing vapor. So a liquid and a gas at the same time, and he's watching this, just it's like watching a balloon pop. This oozing vapor appears, and then a loud voice booms across the sky. They don't say what it says. But you can imagine it would be terrifying because it's never anything nice when a voice is booming across the sky, but we don't know what it says. And then where the blue ooze was, yellow smoke appears. And the face of an almost demon, that's his, that's, those are his words, almost demon, appears. He then finishes the story by saying this. I have n So when I read that, I thought I reread the beginning because I was like, is he dreaming that I missed the part where him and Antonio and Brian were snuggled up together and they all took a nap? He's not dreaming. And so, so this didn't happen, obviously, right? This wasn't in the news. He said, but again, I went to, I was like, he, I must have missed the part where he said, I had this crazy dream the other day, and then I just would have ignored it. No, he says, this is how he ends this story. Quote, I have no idea what I saw, because a day later, I went back to the site, and I saw a hole in the library... It didn't happen. There's no hole in this library, but he's seeing a hole in the library and going back to the quote here, quote, and a strange shadow almost, almost in the shape of an airplane. Then he has a little airplane emoji. In case, in case you didn't know what an airplane looked like, you're like, oh, that's what that was. It's funny because I keep saying it didn't happen, but at the same time, we're a paranormal show. We've actually covered stuff weirder than this. But generally, when we cover this weird stuff, it's not in civilization. We've covered stories about, like, monsters in the subway. We've covered stories about invisible men in suburbia. But usually, a lot of times, the UFOs, the beastly creatures, they're on the outskirts of humanity. This is happening in downtown Wayland, Massachusetts. 
at the library. It's not some abandoned street corner. It was an industrial factory, and me and my friends were throwing bones and smoking cigarettes or whatever. It's in the middle of town. So when I keep saying it didn't happen, I get, let me rephrase that. It didn't happen in the physical realm. It's po- Here are the possibilities. He's making the story up. Could be some sort of dumb ARG, right? A total waste of everyone's time. It could be that he uh, hallucinated it. It could be that it's just all in his head. Or it could be something happening in a metaphysical realm. That he's seeing all these events take place that basically still is a hallucination. But I would argue it would be a true hallucination. You see the difference? Like one is you one is you need to go see a doctor and you're suffering from some sort of brain damage or you're something's misfiring. The other one is that you're seeing signs and symbols, and it's a real that's a really narrow line. Right? Between when you need to rush to get help. And have your brain looked at. And the other one, well, Dead Rabbit Radio said that I could be real. So I'm just going to keep on walking around hallucinating this stuff. I have a fourth fourth idea, but we'll get into that one in a second. I continue to look through this guy's account. And he does say later on that he actually took a picture of this site. But he has not posted it. This just went up a couple days ago. So that makes it a little suspicious. He just started his account on November 9th. And all he does is post. I shouldn't say all he does. But mostly he posts about 9-11 stuff. And he has all these other weird conspiracy theories. One of them was that anti-vax movement is created and kept alive by tech companies. All these websites want people to stay inside. And it didn't didn't make any sense to me either. But basically, the tech companies created the anti-vax movement. So people would still be in lockdown. So they'd have to continue to use Amazon and Facebook and Zoom and all that stuff. But then I was thinking, the people who are anti-vax, they didn't have to stay at home, right? They think the whole thing is... They think it's not dangerous. That's why they're anti-vax. They're like, whatever, I'll just take my chances. So it's not like if you're anti-vax, you're not also too scared to leave your house. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that. But that was one of his theories that it was to keep us all locked in. I was like, huh, what? Like Maybe I'm missing a step there. But that that was one of his conspiracy theories. The other one, he posted on a uh, the subreddit World Politics. He posted this one. It was called, I found this essay on the WNBA's website on the Wayback Machine. And he doesn't post the link, he posts the essay. And it says that if you look at people who have smartphones, they're idiots. And let me read this to you. If, quote, if you observe, if you start to observe, a phone is a somewhat life support device for your brain, and it acts as a vessel to think for you. When you don't have the phone, you can barely think for yourself. It leads to tech dependence, and then you will be completely controlled by a technological device. And apparently this essay was written on June 23rd, 1993 by Cheryl Swoops. I'm like, who the hell is Cheryl Swoops? She is a WNBA star who went on to be a WNBA coach. I don't understand. I don't understand, one, how she wrote an essay about smart devices in the year 1993. That's pretty spectacular. We need to get her on this show. That's a new Nostradamus. Why the WNBA has anything to do with any of this. Um, what? So, I don't get it. I don't really get where this guy's coming from. Now, if it is an ARG, I apologize for wasting everybody's time. But I have... I I Basically, my theories are this guy's either 
ranting this stuff that he's making these connections that don't exist. It, it, they're interesting conspiracy theories, and you can make a big argument about. I don't have to remember people's phone numbers because I have them programmed into my phone. I think there is an argument to be made that a phone is a backup brain. So we may not be as, we may not memorize this stuff as much. Oh, that's an interesting argument. Interesting conspiracy theory, even. But the anti-vaxxing is completely ridiculous. The anti-vax, the bots pushing it so people stay home and play Facebook and Farmville and all that stuff, I think is a little more ridiculous. But going back to the original post, could be hallucinating it. Could be he's seeing a series of signs and visions. We just had that episode about Arthur Stilwell, who was hearing these voices, and it led him to build the United States. Fascinating episode. It was just Friday's episode. But then I always have this conspiracy theory, and we'll wrap it up like this. And it's not even conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy fact. I don't know if this one falls in that realm. But they, uh, this is how people pass codes. This is how it's easy way for people to pass codes. If I am a agent of the NSA or CIA or whatever, and I need to get a message to somebody else, you can write nonsense like that. And it sounds like nonsense to everyone unless you have the code. I've run into that stuff personally. We've done a couple episodes on it. It's weird. It's weird. And I, I think that's what this might be. I mean, we'll never know, right? Unless this person emails me and goes, thanks, dude, you've compromised the agent that we currently have in Pakistan. It'll be interesting to see if this account goes blank, right? It'll be interesting to see if this account just disappears. I don't think that this episode will make this account disappear, but um, that, that was kind of my thing. I read it and I go, that's an interesting idea. What an interesting set of visuals. It's very, you can picture the story. And then I go, this is the a great view of someone who is on the cusp of possibly losing their mind, a disorganized insanity versus an organized insanity. And then I thought, or this whole thing is just two agents passing messages back and forth. They share the account and they're doing it and stuff and they post this and it looks like gibberish. And most people would just discount it as the ramblings of a madman. But if you knew the code, very, very important information has been passed back and forth. So that's when you're investigating this stuff, right? It's really easy for me to say, ah, oh, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. But the story is always more complex than that. So as long as it's not an ARG, I think the other three options are really, really interesting. Descent into madness, a man seeing signs of the universe no one else can perceive, or a hidden network of spies and ne'er-do-wells passing codes openly online. The world of conspiracy is a fascinating place to play, to explore, to learn, laugh, and love. But don't chase the clicks. Alex, do what you love. Don't chase the clicks. It will lead you to a world of trouble. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.